when we gather together like this and talk about current event, it always gets intense, <laughs> Dr. Nipute. And trust me, even after the show, it's like we can never stop having that conversation because it's so crucial. Now, there are two groups of people that are close to my heart. And just like you in the health field, um, I'm waiting and looking and hoping that the nurses would come together. Why do I believe that nurses are powerful? Because in all those years that I've been a nurse, the nurses are the hub in everything at the hospital, okay? So, in, and I know they've made difference even in direct patient care at the hospital when nurses speak up, when nurses train young doctors. So please, what's your message so that nurses also will come together just as I see broadcasters coming together, doctors coming together, lawyers coming together. I want to see that because in community, and collect that's a collective power for me. It's yeah. a good influence. Let me first say this about nurses. Uh, the nurses of the world really keep the health and care in healthcare, period. I mean, it's, my gosh, if it was just run by doctors, you'd all be dead, okay? That's just all there is to it. Um, and what I love, by the way, of the 600 people that I'm speaking to this weekend, more than half of them are nurses. And and they really, they really, and what I love about nurses, they get into it because they want to help people. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're not like, they don't, sometimes doctors get into healthcare. They're like, I think I can make a lot of money being a doctor. Well, it depends on what kind of doctor you are. And then you also have to have, if you have a conscience that, that kind of kills you right there, but nurses do it because they love it. And so the nurses are rising up and there are some of the reasons why the movement's actually changing within the healthcare space, because when nurses say things, the hospital administrators do listen because they know that the nurses, if they, if, if the hospital administrators don't listen to the nurses, the nurses are going to get together and go, cool, we're going to go to go do our own thing. We're going to spill the beans bigger than ever. And they are. And, but the thing is, is that a lot of nurses, because the way the healthcare hierarchy is set up, especially these younger nurses, they think, well, who am I? I'm just a nurse. I'm not the doctor. Well, you nurses have more power and more, you know, common sense than most of us doctors do anyway. So I just would encourage the nurses of the world and anybody, if whether you're a nurse, a doctor or whatever, healthcare provider or not, just all I'm asking people to do is get involved in a conversation. Now, now the six of us are having a pretty, I don't even want to call it intense. I can, from a zero to 10, I'm at about a three right now. I got a lot more levels. I can get more intense with you guys if we need to, but you don't have to have, we're, we're kind of having a joking back and forth conversation. We're throwing a lot of science because we've obviously, all of us have been studying this for at least the last 10 to 12 months. We know this inside and out. But if it's the first time a nurse hears this, a lot of times nurse, I just had an ER nurse come to me and say, you know, Dr. Naputi, I'm here because I saw some of your videos and you're right. Our hospitals have never been overrun. Our hospitals were never at max capacity. In fact, in 2018, we had three to four times more people in the hospital during flu season than we have ever during COVID. And we had full staff and everything. We don't have that now. We're understaffed. In fact, most people don't realize in, the, in America, hospitals got bailouts like banks did back when the banks closed. I don't know if you know that. There's a, there's a hospital system in St. Louis that got $2.1 billion in a bailout. You want to know something that's screwed up about that? My office saw more people during COVID than that hospital did. I got to take out a PPP loan. <laughs> they got a $2 billion bailout of your money. 
Think about that for a minute. And by the way, the reason why the hospitals were overrun is because when they laid off 35 to 45% of their staff, they didn't bring them back on. So they weren't overrun, they were understaffed. So those hospitals got their money and they didn't have to pay out um, wages to people because there weren't people there. So Grace, I would just encourage nurses to, you know the truth, right? And, and you don't have to be as loud as I am about it, but you certainly should have conversations about it because at some point, at some point that, that small, still voice inside of you says, I got to say something. Something's not right. Who do I talk to? And I'm telling you, you you're probably not going to be able to talk to your hospital administration because everybody's afraid of losing their job. And one of my friends who was my friend, and, and I still love him and I pray for him all the time. Let's just say he's the president of a hospital system that I, that I know really well. And when he said these words to me, I'll never forget it. I said, hey, man, we don't, what's going on? You don't need to be doing, look, vitamin D does this, zinc does this, hydroxychloroquine does this, vitamin C IVs, marriage protocols, the testing is BS, da, 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 da. And here's what he said to me. He said, Eric, you know what? You're probably right. But why would I screw up what I got going on right now? Why would I want to screw up what I got going on right now? Now, listen, uh, Grace, you already said this. I mean, my religious affiliation, I'm a Christian. I'm a God-fearing, gun-toting American. That's who I am, okay? And um, you're only on this planet for this much time. And and I, I believe when you die, you get an option. You're either going to, not an option, you're either going to go to heaven or hell. That's my belief. I could be wrong. I'll let you know, okay? But boy, if I'm right, awesome. If I'm right, he's screwed. You understand what I'm saying? You know, and all these people that are just complicitly going through with this lie and hoax because it makes their world okay and it makes the rest of the world suffer. You know, I believe the human experience, we're all put on this planet because we have a divine providence. All of us have a gift, our gift that's been given to us by the divine, by God, and we're supposed to let that light shine. And that gift is not to rape and pillage and destroy from other people. And those of us that don't pass this test, are going to go and we're going to suffer for all eternity because of a decision you made because now you made a lot of money. Let me tell you something. I've made a lot of money and that's okay. I've, I've, I've also been broke and poor and that's okay too. But now what I do when we get resources, I mean, I've given away two, two million bottles of vitamin D for free to people. You know, we're building hospitals and, and wells all over the world and doing stuff because we want to give back and we want to tell people the truth. So I guess my big thing is, just listen to your conscience, join the organizational groups. Like I said, make America free again, and we can help connect people internationally because when this is all over, there's only going to be a few people standing and the ones that are standing are going to be the ones that are on this call and other people that have been selling the truth from the whole beginning. And that's, in my opinion, that's part of what the rapture is going to be. Thank you, Dr. Nepute. You already mentioned and the other community that's close to my heart are the people, those who have faith because you're a man of faith and you do your faith with action. And growing up, that was also my foundation of how I see the world on what I'm doing, because I believe that I'm created in the image of God. And even during those times, then there's a lot of injustices going on, as, as we all know that all these things have been happening for over you know hundreds of years and centuries. And so how about just in the simple note for people, what is your daily life that you do from morning till evening? So that for those of us who are feeling worn out, 
at times could do could continue like well everyone great question let me let me tell you a couple things when people say hey are you always this energized i am when i'm talking about my passion you want to talk about you know cars sports you know whatever you i mean i can talk about it i'm not super interested in it but you start getting me talking about this this is my divine providence i'm in it i'm definitely in it and when you're in your thing you have abundant energy because energy doesn't even come from you it comes from god you can tap into that but I, I do want to give a serious, hardcore warning. And you mentioned this about the community that you love, and that's the faith community. They're coming after us now, not next, now. Okay. And I'm connected with some of the you know biggest minds and mouths in the faith-based community uh, here in America and some across the, the globe. And they're coming after us now. Think about this. And I, I revert back to this because it's all about history. What, where did, where did, the revolutionary people gather to talk whenever they closed the bars, when they closed the newspapers, they went to church and the, the, the preachers led them and they gave other people the opportunity to speak. And they're coming after us because, because faith, the size, the seed of a grain of a mustard seed can move a mountain. And when you have faith, the size of a mountain, you better watch out. And that's what they're scared of. And so my daily routine, it's a little different every day, but it's pretty much the same. I'm an old farm boy. So I get up no matter what time zone I'm in, I'm up about 530 every morning. And um, I learned from one of my mentors that it's important to get, to have grace, no pun intended, but to have grace and to have gratitude first thing in the morning. So I literally get up and I think about the opportunity that God's given me to help people. Because that's all that we do. We, I don't care what it is that you do, your vocation or whatever. We're all in this to help people. And I love the opportunity to help serve people, whatever that is. And I just think about all the lives that I've been able to positively impact over the years of doing this. And I thank God every day for the opportunity to serve more. And I'm here until he doesn't need me here anymore to continue to do that. So I get my energy from that. Then I get, then every morning I, I, I used to, there's a guy by the name of Tony Robbins. I don't know if you ever heard of him or not, but he's a motivational guy. And he used to talk about doing this hour of power. Get up every morning, read the Bible, journal, exercise, eat something good. Well, who's got an hour to do something? So what I have is I have a power, I call it my, my, uh, my power shower or my, my uh, 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 shower power, right? It's like 15 minutes is my time. So I'm in there. I'm listening to music that gets me excited. I'm thinking about my day and I affirm I'm a firm believer of you speak it, it comes to fruition, right? I mean, God did that. And God said that, that greater works we can do than he did. So I speak it. Today is a great day and I have the absolute power to show up as the best me ever. I'm an irresistible magnet to attract everything into my life that I desire. I'm blessed and highly favored so I can be a blessing to other people. I do what God asked me to do when he asked me to do it. No questions asked. I live in my divine providence every day. God gives me the grace, blessings, patience, and energy to serve at the highest level I have. I say that every day. I say it multiple times a day. And then I fast. I don't usually eat. I take some supplements in the morning, some really good vitamin D, some zinc, uh, some nucleotides, some butyric acid. I have a really amazing uh, nootropic infused coffee that blows your pineal gland wide open. It's amazing what it can do. Like you want to talk about your eyes being open. It's intense. And then I go about my day and I serve. And, and Monday, typically Monday through Thursday, 
I see patients still. I see about 300 to 400 people a day myself. Usually two, three times a day, I jump on a Facebook live or I'll do some videos or I'll do some interviews or I'll do whatever, 15, 20 minute interviews. Then I come home. Um, usually on my way home, I'm on the phone all day, right? Uh, usually I'll get a little workout in really easy, simple, 30 minutes, nothing crazy. I come home, eat dinner with my wife and kids. I'm with them from about six o'clock until 10 o'clock. That's when they go to bed. And that's when I do my reading <laughs> and my research and I balance myself, you know, and then I just get up and repeat and I just do what God shows up for me to do every day. And that's just it. And, and, and what's so cool is, and, it, and this is just such a good proverb, you know, when the, when you ask, it will be answered. And when I ask questions, I mean, like with my network of friends, like I literally, I, it's so interesting. I just got two text messages from Sherry Tenpenny as we're on this call about some research that she needs me to look at. I'm so blessed to have this circle. And by the way, Sherry's the same way. Dolores is the same way. All the who's who that are in this movement, we're all feeding each other information. We can't do this by ourselves. And so I'm blessed to be involved with organizations like yours, Grace. And, um, and I'm just here to help as much as I can when I can. And um, Sundays, I go to church and I try to rest. I thought, well, God gets one day. I'm going to take one as well. And uh, I usually get a couple hours. And then I just get up and repeat. But I love this because, you know, to me, it fulfills my biggest purpose. And I don't know if I ever told you this. And then I'll shut up after this. If you guys have any more questions, I'll let you do this. But here's my big why. And I don't publicly talk about this, but I think people need to know it. So about 10 years ago, you know, I'm living such a blessed life. I work Monday through Thursday. I leave every Thursday afternoon. I'll meet my wife and kids. We'll meet at our, we have a, a lake house at the Lake of the Ozarks. Great place. It's the, it's a big lake in the, in the Midwest. I love to fish. I love the boat, jet ski and all that stuff. And then we would spend Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we'd go to church and we'd come home. I'd come back to work Monday morning. Well, about 10 years ago, I'm driving down there and I just had this like stirring in me. Like I thought I was sick. Like I was like, man, just something's like my stomach's grumbling. I got goosebumps all the time. I'm just like really like just God's dealing with me with something. Well, I remember going to sleep that night and I had a vision. It wasn't a vision. I teleported. I'm telling you what happened. I died and went to heaven. And when I got there, there's Jesus and there's St. Peter. And they said, hey, Eric, you know what? You're a Christian. You believed in me. You know what? You didn't do too bad. You know, you should have you should have done this, 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 and this, but uh, you got enough to get in. You're in. But I want to show you something. And man, I'm going to, this gets me whenever I think about it. They said, I want you to turn around. And so I turned around and I literally saw what looked like a vision of millions and millions and millions of people. And God, I heard God say, I gave you I gave you the ability to help change those people's lives and you squandered it because you wanted to be at your lake house every weekend. Enjoy your stuff, but all those people suffered because you didn't serve them. Woo! I woke up that morning in a cold sweat, told my wife things are changing. I got to do bigger, learn more, help more people, change more lives. And I said, God, I'm in. Just use me. Just use me. Just tell me what to do. Use me, protect me and my family, and I'm in for whatever you want. And that's my driving force because I promise you, when I go back to heaven, I am not going to see those people. I'm going to see those people, but it's going to be God saying, hey, do you see those millions of people over there? You changed their life. And their lives are changed for the better because you did what I told you to do. And every one of us has that opportunity. The question is, are you going to take advantage of that opportunity within the lifetime of that opportunity? And that's the thing that I think is just, that's my driving force. That's why I do what I do. Amen. So I'll pass it on to Roy. 
Yeah, it's uh, hard to follow up on that one. Yeah, very passionate. Love it. Um, okay, I see now you have the people that want to get the jab, the poison dart, as Steve says, and those that don't. And there's, there's a percentage then that go, eh, if they want it, let them off. Me personally, I believe they've been brainwashed and we shouldn't treat it like that way. I was thinking, like, if somebody has to get a blood transfusion with the way the darts are now, is that going to go into your body? So we should all be. That is a great, Roy. That is a, that is a question that we are, we are looking into literally right now. Um, some of the doctors that I, um, that, that I uh, well mentioned and some other ones that you probably know, we're in the process of doing some research right now. Number one, to see how many people truly have allergic responses to uh, the polyethylene glycol and the polysorbate 80 that are in these jabs. Uh, some of the research that we're seeing is that some 70% of Americans, at least in the research we've seen so far, have an allergic response to polyethylene glycol. And it clearly states on the um, vaccine manufacturer's uh, insert that if you have an allergic reaction to any of these chemicals that you shouldn't take this. Well, most people don't know if they're allergic or not until they take it and they have an allergic reaction and some people die from that. So I don't think that's very good medicine. Roy, I, we are also looking at the fact that um, what's going to happen to our blood, our DNA, because here's the thing too. The, the next person that says that these messenger RNA doesn't affect DNA, they're completely idiots. Messenger RNA, there's, there's DNA, mess RNA, there's messenger RNA, and there's tRNA. I mean, it's this big cycle. Like when you get messenger RNA in your body, it uses, it goes into the exos, it uses ribosomes to use transcription, then goes into DNA. That's how it works. I mean, that's just like, that's, that's, that's high school biology. And for, for people not to understand that, it's just, it just goes to the system that this, what's happening right now is just, it's just, it's a movie. It's just not real. There's no way people believe this. And, and so we don't know, but here's what I'll tell you, Roy, I, I was in the camp early on of, you know what, screw them. If they don't want to do it, let them go to the front of the line. And then I started having friends of friends and some of my best friends, parents, like I have a, one of my closest friends, one of my best friends on the planet, his mother's 93. My, my friend is the youngest of six, everybody in his family, except for him, he's the black sheep of the family. They're all in healthcare. And they said, mom, you got to get this thing, this jab. Well, she did. And two days later, she was in the hospital, had a stroke and a heart attack. And, and I, and he knows I'm on his radio program all the time and he knows, but they made a decision. They voted, but here's the thing, what they didn't know, Roy, they didn't know their risk versus their benefits. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm a firm believer. God gives us free will. God gave us that. No man can take that away from us. So in order to have free will, we have to have something called informed consent, which by the way, in America is a law. And they're not informing and consenting people properly because people are like, hey, I got to get this jab. But then you ask them the simple question. Hey, why are you getting that? Why are you getting that thing? Most of my doctor and nurse friends say, oh, to protect myself and to protect my patients. I say, okay, well, let me ask you a question. How does that do that? Well, if I get this jab, that it, it's going to protect me by 94 to 95%. I said, protect you from what? She goes, well, pr protect me from getting the, the virus. No, that's not at all what it does. It, 94 to 95% means it may, it may possibly reduce you going from SARS-CoV-2 to severe COVID-19. Maybe, possibly, but we're not sure. That's why every American, and by the way, you're doing it in Europe as well, whoever gets 
the jab is enrolled into a two-year uh, scientific study because it's an experiment. So if you don't know what's in it, you don't know the risk versus benefits, you don't know short-term, long-term, what it's going to do, how it's going to affect you. You don't know how it's going to affect community stuff like blood transfusions and et cetera moving forward. How can you possibly make an informed consent decision? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And most people don't know that. They don't know that. And they don't, but again, they don't know what questions to ask. And most healthcare practitioners don't know how to answer those questions anyway, because they're not informed. You got to understand, they've done a great job setting up this hierarchy. You know, you got the powers that be that are pushing this agenda, the control, the control, the really the, the, the CDC, NIH, and all those three-letter organizations that then control the governments, that then control the licensing boards and the medical boards to push medical agendas. The medical agendas then get pushed out to the public health departments locally, then it goes to the doctors locally, then it goes to the providers, the nurses, and et cetera. It's just this system of confusion. Now, the people, if you ask the people at the very top of this, at the very top of this, you say, hey, does this, does this stop the prevention of the, of the virus? Of course not. It doesn't do that. They say that. But it's like that game telephone. I don't know if you ever played that game where you, you say a sentence to somebody, you know, like, Billy has to go to the bathroom. Maybe that's a sentence you say. You got 10 people down the line. And by the time that it gets to that 10th person, it says, Timmy wants some pizza. Like the communicate, the, the message gets screwed up. But the people at the top are smart. They know what they're doing. They ha they're telling you, and in their writing, in their writing, when they write the policies, it's clearly written of what they say you should or shouldn't do. But by the time it gets to, by the time it gets from the NIH or CDC or World Health Organization to the public health officials, to the doctors, to the media, and then to the nurses and, and, and healthcare providers, that message is so convoluted that these folks down here at the bottom are, are really screwing it up but the people at the top are not doing anything to try to correct them at the bottom because it's planned that way because they have plausible deniability. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's pretty interesting if you think about it. I'll pass it on to, to Chris. Thank you. So I know we've, we've gone on a fair bit and we've talked a lot as well. So I'll keep the, the question very short. The answer might be so short, but um, you mentioned earlier there when you were speaking to Grace, you were saying about, you know, the actual, uh, the dream and stuff you had, you died and you went to heaven and you had a vision and automatically the next morning you woke up in a cold sweat and it completely changed everything. And here you are now in a roundabout way. Did you have any vision or any dreams since as to when this is going to end? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, please let us in it. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, yeah, Chris, it's real simple. It yeah. ends when we decide it ends. Exactly. It really Great is answer. that, it really is that yeah. simple. It is. Yeah. Like it's, it, 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 you know, They've done a really good job of, of desensitizing us in movies and et cetera. We live in the matrix. It is all zeros and ones. It is all fagazi. I mean, it's what you make of it. And, and it truly ends when we decide it. That's it. Yeah. it, it look, at it, any of you have friends in Italy? I have some really good friends of mine. One of my really close friends uh, practices in, um, oh gosh, where's he at now? Anyway, he's in, he's in Italy, right? And uh, he's a doctor there. 50,000 businesses decided to reopen on the same day. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Not Who's going to do it? By the way, they don't really even have control. The whole idea of people being sheep really comes from one dog controlling millions of sheep. Well, once those sheep realize, hey, I think we can kick this dog's ass, it's over for the dog. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the reality. Like, again, 
We are divine spirits, divine creatures. We have a spark within us and we are supposed to let our light shine. We're, we're promised certain blessings. We're promised certain things, but yet <laughs> we're, we've dulled down our light. You know, I, I don't know if you guys have ever heard the term when they say that person's really bright or that person's really dull. That came from when we started doing uh, PET scans to the brain, where we started looking at brain firing. And when we look at someone's brain light up real big, it lights up in all these big, beautiful, bright colors. Those are really smart, intelligent uh, people that have common sense and, 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 and have logical reasoning. And they're just, they're intelligent people. Then you look at the opposite of that. And they're like, well, there's no color in that guy's brain. That guy's kind of dull. Well, that guy's just kind of going through the flow. That guy's, by the way, there's a lot of things that dull us on purpose. The, 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 the uh, petroleum-based medications, certain things that are in some of these jabs. I mean, the government doesn't even deny that there's, you know, weather manipulation and we use aluminum, which is a neurotoxin to humans in the air, the water we drink, um, the food we eat. These things are all set up to desensitize us, to dull our senses. And if you choose not to participate in that, and then I'm going to tell you something, you guys, you want to really have just a, like a holy cow experience you start doing some nootropics and detox your body and get your pineal gland to open. And I'm just telling you, um, you'll start looking at things a whole lot different and then you'll start getting information and data and research and all this stuff. You're like, where's this coming from? And then it empowers you, you know, like, again, I'm not trying to get too philosophical here, but if you look at some of the work that Nikola Tesla did, he talks about how all the information's already all out there. It's all out there. There's nothing new. There's no new ideas. It's just a matter of you using your intelligence, your brightness, your not being dull to grab that information and pull it down and go, hey, I like this. This makes sense. Let's put a, you know, a 2021 spin on it. And how can we use it to help people? So I don't know if that answers your question, Chris, but um, it, it, it ends yeah. the minute, no, the second that we decide it. Exactly. I've said on myself, many, many podcasts, people are going around like headless chickens. They're looking for saviors and who's going to come help us and what can we do about all this? I said, it's very, very simple. You grow a backbone. You stop leaving fear and stop being a coward in the corner. Be human again. Start, stop existing and actually start living life because, you know, that's what we need to actually start doing again. And it's just propaganda after propaganda. People are consistently going through the, the ropes so of that kind of system. But um, it's very simple. The answer is staring us straight in the face. You said exactly what I've said many times myself. It's just we are going to stop this and we say enough is enough. And when humanity starts acting as a roadblock and a barrier in front of this, all these agendas that they have down the road for us, Agenda 2030, the list goes on and on and on, that can all stop and all go away. It's just a plan and agenda. They're telling us where the journey is taking us so we know what all the obstacles and what all the stuff is in the way. We just start to need to get in the way of these people and that's it. It all, it all ends. But people just will not stop this cowering and fearing consistently all the time. It's kind of like, yeah, I know what you're saying, Chris. You're right, but... I've said, no, there's no buts. You just stand up now, say enough is enough. And everything can go back to normal. Well, not the normal we had, because we don't want that normal. That was a corrupt normal. But we can, as you said, the Great Reset, not the Klaus Schwab one, we can have our own uh, freedom of for everything uh, reset. We can have ourselves. So, no, I totally agree. Um, and I even went to Loris Cahill, and like, you know, we had Kevin Jenkins on last weekend, and yeah. Sherry Tempe, and all these people as well, you know, working with FAFTA, and all the fantastic stuff that people are doing. So I'm trying to even... Like you can give some information yourself as well as people are saying, oh, but how do I get out of fear? I know what you're saying is right because all of us here that are awake, for want of a better word, we all carry, I feel it myself, like we, I, I give up my day job, day job to basically consistently do this even stuff to get the message out to people. 
um, is we all just need to stand up, stick together, and stop this because it's divide and conquer consistently that's coming around with all these people, with all the labels, all the medias consistently making humanity uh, separate consistently all the time. For every little label you have, the minutest one you have, it separates, separates, separates. But as you said earlier, at the top of this little pyramid, the tiniest few that's there, they're very tight and they know exactly what they're doing, but are trying to put people in all different delusions. And I mean, it's, you know, the controversy that the, the propaganda is, is unbelievable. The, but you get this dilemma, it's like, but, but what can we do? Uh, the power to know, what's the power to know? Simple as that, say no, enough is enough. I'm not wearing your shitty mask. I'm not doing your PCR test. I'm not putting toxic crap on my hands. I'm going to be human, I'm going to live again. I'm not just going to exist in the little box, little me kind of a scenario. So that, that's my two pence on it. And uh, I totally agree in, in, in what you're saying. The answer is very simple. It simply stares us straight in the face. Chris, our greatest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our greatest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. And the problem is, is that most people don't ever get a chance to realize that in their life. And it is such an empowering thing to do that. Oh, and it's mm. so freeing for other people. It is truly our job to let our light shine like children do to unconsciously and consciously give people permission to mm. do the same. It is literally just a chain reaction. I mean, it's already happening in the United States. We've had a couple governors say, we're not doing this anymore. We're done. They're a little you know, day late dollar short kind of deal. And they're trying to make themselves be heroes. But listen, like if you know the rules of the game, it becomes fun to play by. I, I'm a doctor, right? They, I've had the health departments in my office give us multiple, oh, we're going to shut your, you don't have legal authority to do that. So mm -hmm. here I am a doctor. I have a, I have a, um, uh, a TRO against the public health department in my offices. The health department cannot come into my offices legally. A judge granted me that. So the health department, can't come into a doctor's office because they're assaulting it. People don't realize like, mm. okay, cool. You want to apply by these rules. I know that you're just a health department guy. You're the third or fourth rung on the ladder. You don't realize you're getting puppet mastered up here. I'm going to go above you and go, boom, cut your cords. Now you know that I know what the hell I'm talking about. Wait a minute. Uh, these guys don't have to abide by what we're saying because there's no rules. There's no laws. Mm. You see what I mean? Like mm. little things like that go a long way. Yeah. Exactly. And I could go on and go on, but look, Steve. I think we all could. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot's yeah. been said. Um, well, you know, you, uh, Hartman brought up an interesting thing about the jaw and, and the brain. And because when I, when I wear a mask, when I have to, um, I immediately kind of get a tight throat and, and I get anxiety uh, and I can't breathe. So, but I wanted to bring up OSHA because their website. So if you, a guy did an OSHA test with uh, an oxygen, and in six seconds, the meter started beeping. So with the mask on, meaning there was a lack of oxygen. And uh, OSHA's website says anything below 19.5% is immediately dangerous. So my point is in six seconds of putting a mask on, the, the amount of oxygen you're getting goes below 19.5 and keeps dropping. And with if that's a requirement, is there, you know, is there any way to use that as a, you know, that, that the, that this is not, this is not, you know, people are going to suffocate, people are going to faint, people are going to, you know, is this being used, the whole OSHA requirement that it has to be 19.5% or it's not really? Yeah. So, so Steve, what, here's, here's where we're at because, because of, if anybody really wants to kind of get a better idea of what's going on, go read Orwell's 1984 and you can learn about something called Newspeak. Okay, double talk and thought crimes. 
apparently I am a thought criminal, which means that I think against what the establishment wants me to think, and therefore I'm a domestic terrorist because of that. That's literally happening in our country. Newspeak is using new words to try to make a uh, make a new um, meaning to it, right? Like right now, one of the newspeaks that we're that we're hearing about with um, with with mask is um, you know you we wear a mask to protect others, not just ourselves, right? And with OSHA, I was just trying to pull it up so I could find it. With with OSHA, oh sorry, the the newspeak, the news talks, they're using these words like a uh, novel virus. <laughs> Come on. We've spent six trillion dollars studying this thing. We've known about we've known about about uh, SARS-CoV-2 since uh, middle uh, to late of 2019. It's there's nothing novel about this. And by the way, uh, supposedly it's 78 percent genetically the same as SARS-CoV-1, which we've been studying since 2000. So you tell me in 21 years we don't. This is new. They're using that to scare people. Oh, it's this new virus. It's this new strand. Holy cow, it's new. We don't know what to do with this new. Yes, we know exactly what to do with it. We know exactly what to do. So they're, they're, they're not using common sense. See, Steve, that's your problem. You're thinking commonsensical, and that doesn't work. COVID sense makes sense, not common sense. So they've thrown out OSHA's, uh, what, the, what OSHA's said for 25 years. They've thrown out, but the only way, here's the way, and it's finally getting done. And it's sad that it took this long because we pushed for this in the spring of last year. You have to do the, you have to go about it from a legal standpoint. You have to sue and sue as high and hard as you can. Listen to this. We had a, a court case that was heard in a federal court in Ohio last week. And the judge, basically it's, we're suing the NIH, CDC, uh, Tony Fauci, um, director of Homeland Security. I mean, all these people we've named in the lawsuit. And you guys, you can find out about it if you go to Make America Free Again. It's on that site. The judge in federal court literally told our attorneys, listen, this complaint is too complex. I don't know how anybody could possibly defend this. And our lawyers were like, uh, that's the point. Um, they can't defend this. This is the science. This is the truth. Science and truth outweighs your fear porn of using new words. And so they literally made us dumb this down to the point where they could actually defend it. And what's, what's great is, and I'm just going to tell you guys, this is what's going to happen. We had to make it so simple that they could defend our allegations of why they're doing what they're doing. So what's going to happen is we had this literally 300 page document that we filed as a complaint. We had it down to six pages. That was their simple form that they could hear. So now whenever, whenever we lose that case, which we will, because we had to make it so it was defendable. Now, when we appeal it and we say, Hey judge, you said that we had to go from our 300 page document to six pages so that it could be defendable. Now we're appealing it and guess where it goes now to the Supreme court. Once it goes to the Supreme Court, it's over. This cannot happen again. So I hate to say it, but you want to open up your schools? I've talked to so many superintendents. Here's what they're afraid of. They're afraid of getting sued. Pass some legislation in your state that that indemnifies people that if they go to school or a business that you can't sue them for coming into your business or going to school. Schools will open up like that. Guarantee schools that they're not going to lose federal funding um, because they're opening their schools and not requiring the quote-unquote federal mandates that are not laws but are orders. You have to beat them at a legal standpoint and we must because this is ending. It'll be it'll be over but we can never let it go back to this ever again. We must pass legislation across the world. By the way, you guys, we're so many of us, we're in violation of the Nuremberg trials. You understand that, don't you? We have the Nuremberg treaty that says that people cannot get experimented on. 
But yet, when you get this jab, you're enrolled into a two-year experimental project. That clearly goes against it. That was part of our complaint. It was too complex for the federal judges to read. So once it goes to the Supreme Court of the land in America, it's over. I mean, and, okay. it, and if we do okay. our job right, it'll never happen again. Well, at least I pray. Parmit, Parmit is German, and we're getting to the end. I thank you really, really amazing, amazing stuff. I'll give it to Hartmut for a quick, quick ending. Thank you so much, Steve. Thank you so much. Um, yes, I, um, Roy, Roy and myself, we made a, an interview uh, about the uh, history of the German pharmaceutical industry and uh, their ties to the European Communion, European Commission and all that stuff. So the whole, the whole people are still in the, in the same place. Nothing has changed over 120 years, 130 years. But I, I want to ask you another uh, it's a completely different topic. In, a, in a, a couple of weeks ago, we had Celeste Solomon on, on the show, and uh, she said that um, the uh, the coronavirus, or let's say, yeah, the coronavirus is is an artificial construction based on HIV. And um, the problem is what many people don't understand, or what many people don't forget, is that if someone is vaccinated. An mRNA vaccination is transferred by mucous membrane. So the problem is by kissing, by sexual activities, all that stuff. Yeah. So the most people do not have this on their radar. Can you tell me? Can you give a short, quick answer about that? I, I, I can, and I'm going to show you something as well. So, so here's what we don't know a lot. Do you understand that? That's what we don't know. Now, from a scientific basis standpoint, we've got some really good ideas what's going to happen. But what we don't know is we don't know over long enough time. Like You understand, we didn't do animal trials on this. We went right to human experiments. That's against the Nuremberg Code. And so I, I don't know if you guys can see this. Can you, if I hold this up, probably not. Let me see if I can find oh, this. Yeah. Okay. So take a screenshot of this or whatever. This is this is a really, um, I'll show you the next one as well. Sherry Tenpenny sent me this. She's a genius. I love her to death. Here's the second one. I'm going to explain this real quick. So your people can take a screenshot. So the first one shows, this right here, it shows DNA right here. Now I know you can't see it on the screen, but this is DNA. This is your, your injected mRNA, okay? Over here, your mRNA mixes with a ribosome. That's, everybody understands that's how it works. That's called translation. That translates into, there's your spike protein, potential antigens, and other problems. There was a huge paper that was just done. They measured uh, 57 uh, tissues in the human body, and they wanted to see the negative reactions that the uh, mRNA jab had on it. 27, 22 of the 57 uh, tissues in the human body had negative reactions. That's scary. So then what happens now is this, this translates into protein. That protein then is trans, it's transsection. That's uh, is the name of it, transsection. It's the process of introducing foreign genetic material into a cell. So now it transects into the DNA. That cycle goes. That's what happens. And so that now transcribes back into mRNA. That's where the, that's where the spike protein um, antibody comes from. There's DNA involvement here. And so this is absolutely going to be, you know, the, the questions that you had, I think, Roy, you had the question about what's going to affect blood transfusions. That's a very valid question that we need to know about. 
uh, your question as well is, is can this be sexually transmitted or can it be transmitted through mosquitoes or tick bites? You know, there's that, that is a very valid concern. And what's really interesting about this, did you know the main concern that most, that most doctors and scientists have about this isn't the acute anaphylaxis that happens. I mean, we hear about that. We hear about people, the 1200 some odd deaths in America alone from this jab. What concerns people is what's going to happen with chronic degenerative autoimmune diseases that we're going to be seeing. And it could take anywhere between two years to 10 years before that manifests from this particular treatment that people are getting right now. So one of the conferences that I'm speaking at very soon talks about what are we going to do to prepare for all the autoimmune diseases that we're going to be seeing now based off of this this jab that we're getting. And what's really sad is that the people that are giving these jabs have no idea that that's even something that's a potential harm. They really, truly have no idea. The science clearly shows it. But I just have to say this. When we talked about bright people versus dull people, there's not a lot of bright people that are making decisions, if that makes sense. Thank you. I don't know if that answers your questions or not. But Yes, it was. Yes, thank you. It was, for me, very important. Thank you so much. Good. You're welcome. Uh, thank you so much. Um, any more last few words, few thoughts, or you want to let uh, the the audience know where they can get in touch with you, Dr. Nipute? Go ahead. Well, first of all, it's my pleasure to be with you. I mean, I, any opportunity I have to share with the world what's really going on, I'm happy to do so. If you guys ever want to get on and do some more things, we'll do it. Um, we're, I mean, the information that's coming in every day is just it's 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 almost impossible to keep up with. It really is. And so, you know, those of us that, those of you that are out there that are looking to, um, you know, to find me, the easiest place to find me because suppression is so crazy right now. We have a couple websites that are up. They all kind of filter into the same one. I'm hard to find on social media right now, um, but I've got something very cool coming out. We're starting our own social media platform, which is really exciting, um, really exciting. And there's going to be no suppression on that. So my website to find me, it's really simple. It's the one that's out that is uh, not suppression censored. You guys, it links to all my other sites. It's freevitamindeal.com. Just go to freevitamindeal.com. We just uploaded 1,100 of my videos that I've done over the past 12 months to there. Almost every topic you could possibly think of. And I'll link this video that we just did there as well. Go there, check out the protocols, the protocols that are being used in hospitals to treat patients. And then the protocols that we use to um, prevent sickness and disease are there as well. And all I'll say is common sense is not that common. And I thank you for the opportunity to share uh, with your communities just a little bit of common sense. Yes. Thanks thank a lot. And uh, mm, let's see. Oh, we want to thank the audience, of course, people watching from Canada, from the Philippines, from my friends, my family, and faith people, our community, and all the other nurses. And Kevin Jenkins also was watching us. and He joined <laughs> us. Oh, thank <laughs> you so much. And of course, uh, keep, uh, we continue to be do, to do this. So next Saturday, we will have uh, another friend of yours, I think, Dr. Nipute. Will be, we will have uh, attorney Tom, Tom Rents. Oh, yeah. You'll love us. Tom. Yeah, you'll love Tom. He's great. He can speak more about, about um, what we talked about with Make America Free Again and ask him about the federal cases going to the Supreme Court. Tom's the one pushing that for us. And Thank again... You. If you like any of you who like what we shared, please keep sharing it because, you know, some of us have 
book burning experiences of censorship. So those of you who are still free like a bird, continue and share it. Mabalos in my language, I say thank you. Thank you all. Have a blessed day, everybody. Thank you, thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks. There's a time.